According to YouTube, there's 400,000 of creators creating videos on YouTube as their full-time job. Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. Today's conversation is a chat with Alex Brims, the Licked CTO. We're talking all about the creator economy. There are 400,000 people making a living creating videos via YouTube. But the use of copyrighted music can threaten that livelihood and leave them with nothing. Licked have a solution to that. So we're talking to them about what it is, how it works, and unpicking some of the laws that might come into play when we look at the metaverse. Because in a virtual environment, you could be stood in a venue next to people from a range of different countries. That, where you're streaming music, especially music with copywriting uh, laws attached, could create huge legal questions that need to be resolved. And again, Alex has some interesting insight here. Slightly shorter show, as you know, on holiday this week. So apologies for the show being a day late. Obviously, we normally publish on Thursday. This is going out on Friday. And just the interview with a short intro from me. But we will be back to our normal format next week. And the interview is still fascinating. So do tune in, listen, have a great weekend. And we'll be back with you next week. So today I'm joined by Alex Brims, Chief Technology Officer at Licked. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's the uh, it's the end of a week, so I do very much appreciate you taking the time to join us when you're probably looking outside of the window and thinking, I'd rather be out there than in here. I mean, to be honest, I look out and I'm thinking it's a bit too hot out there, so uh, <laughs> I'm happy to be cowering in the shade. It's all good. Look, it's an interesting time to talk to you because um, Licked is a music platform, effectively. I mean... It needs a bit more explanation than just that, because I think you would say music platform, people would jump to to various different um, scenarios that aren't quite true. But nonetheless, music is at the forefront of people's mind at this time of year, kind of fe- festival season and so on. And it's uh, certainly in the news. But how does Licked fit into, into the tech ecosphere? Well, Licked is pretty much the only solution really for being able to license commercial music for the creator economy. So when I say creator economy, of course, that in general means people making videos online. And up until Lit came along, there was not really there's not really any way for them to actually go out and get commercial music. You had all these huge creators making really popular videos with millions of views, all soundtracked by stock music and songs that have never been in the charts or no, no one knows. So Licked came along, solved that problem, negotiated a lot of licenses, worked with majors, minors, indies. There's a few uh, there's a few more starting to come on the scene now. Most notably YouTube themselves have uh, realized the value in it. But that's where we are now. And where we're going is the next part of the creator economy, the metaverse, things uh, that currently don't exist. <laughs> And you've been pretty successful. Let's 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 not be kind of coy about this. Um, within the last couple of months, ranked as the eleventh most innovative UK media tech company in Business Class Media Tech Fifty shortlist. Um, what do you owe that that recognition? Do what 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 do you think you're doing that is earmarked so differently to I suppose what what is out out there already? Well, I think a lot of our a lot of the secret of our success is the fact that yeah, we have a really good music licensing team who've been able to work with 
major labels and convince them of the virtues of what we're doing because this is all stuff that it couldn't happen before because they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to make it work. But of course, to make all of those things actually work in the real world, we need technological solutions as well. We need to be able to plug directly into YouTube systems and use what they have available in ways that they didn't expect the systems we've plugged into and the way that we affect copyright claims is not always the way it was designed to be used, but we've built software around that. And then we've got brand new players on the scene. I mean, TikTok wasn't really a thing even just a couple of years ago. We're already working on solutions for that. Um, and yeah, it's a rapidly changing landscape. So we've always got to be at the forefront. Now, forgive a really stupid question, but obviously if you go on a platform like TikTok or, or, or Instagram and you put a reel together and you kind of create short videos, you can put commercial music to those. What's the difference between a longer video going up on YouTube and one of those? Well, I mean, the thing is, you kind of can and you kind of can't. It depends what you're actually doing with the video. But then I think particularly with TikTok, there's still, there's still a bit of a Wild West element going on there that YouTube had in its infancy uh, just over a decade ago, really. Um, the key part is that you are a creator who creates videos and that's, that's your source of income. That's your job. The adverts that someone like YouTube puts on it creator gets 55% of the payout from that. But if Content ID comes in and analyzes your video and goes, right, there is a copyrighted song in here, your entire video is now owned by the rights holder. 100% of the money that you would have got for that goes to the rights holder. So if this is your bread and butter, if this is your livelihood, then you've lost everything on that video. And how many people are aware of that, to be perfectly blunt? Because this is an area that, of, of, of the internet that I'm not well versed in. Yeah, I mean, in terms of how many are, I mean, I mean according to YouTube, there's 400,000 creators creating videos on YouTube as their full-time job. So 400,000 people all making a decent living just from the income, the revenue that comes in from these adverts that YouTube puts on the videos and manages that whole process. How many of them are aware of it? Well, we're still trying to, I mean, basically, we want to make sure the 400,000 of them are aware of this. Yeah. So many of them have been conditioned over the years to just think, well, it's impossible to use copyrighted music. You can't do it. If you do that, you will lose everything on this one video. You could get a copyright strike where it actually penalizes your account as a result of it. So our main message is it is possible now. Look, I, I use stock music on the podcast. It's, uh, it's not exactly great, but it's kind of what you can get royalty free uh, online. What difference actually to the creator does being able to make or use commercial music on their videos make? It makes loads of difference. I mean, we go through a lot of the, the videos that our customers upload. We look through the comments, we highlight them within the business. So many comments, people going, oh, I love this song. You know, this was perfect for this. You know, we search for the word music and scroll through it. And it's what a lot of people are talking about. And I mean, one of our, one of our best customers is a guy called Chris MD who makes football videos, him and his mates, you know, doing football challenges and things like that. So he licenses any song that we get on the platform that's been in a FIFA game, 
he'll get that on one of his videos. The comment section is then full of people going, wow, you know, this took me back to FIFA 08 and FIFA 16. I remember this one from then. How many big movie scenes do you remember that were soundtracked by iconic songs and how much that song like really added to that scene? It's the same way on these videos. It makes all the difference. And look, you talked about the metaverse, you know, things that don't exist yet. What's what's the thought here? What what technically are you kind of thinking is 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 possible? Because as as I've said, as as you said, this stuff doesn't exist yet, and so it's a it's a bit of a green space. But it must also be difficult to know exactly what kind of products and services people are going to want. Yeah, well, um, we partnered with Vegas City in Decentraland last year, and we we built a bespoke custom player for them. And in terms of what's possible, what's allowed, all of this kind of stuff, our player has licensed commercial music playing for your virtual venue, which you know might be it might be a club or it might be a shop or it might be somewhere that hosts events or something like that. But in order to have something like that that actually complies with all of the licensing laws, because of course this is not like a normal club or a normal venue. There could be one person in there from the UK, stood next to someone from Brazil, stood next to someone from Eastern Europe and all over the world. So we had to make sure that we comply with all the laws everywhere. That took a long time. It was a big process. There's a lot of stuff to work out. And again, this is why no one's done it before, because it's remarkably difficult. But we did it. We got there. It's been out for a while. It's soundtracked a couple of events. It soundtracked a couple of venues. Uh, it's all gone really well. But then what's next? I mean, you know, what used to be Facebook has changed their name to Meta and they're pumping $14 billion into the Metaverse. So are they going to be having events like this, these kind of venues that are available to a global audience that they want something more than just stock music, soundtracking their virtual nightclubs and casinos or whatever it is? Well, we'll see what happens next, but we're ready for it. And in terms of the music industry themselves, um, lots of talk about, you know, technology not necessarily benefiting the, the music industry, kind of, is Spotify good for music or not? Uh, all of those kind of question marks. But how, how do artists feel uh, about this? I mean, on the one hand, I can see that if you've got the creator economy and some of those creators do have millions of followers, well, that's a bonus to get their music. You know, we, we know that Drake has made songs specifically tailored for TikTok and, and jumping on those kind of trends. How are you seen by, by people in that industry? Well, essentially, we have created a revenue stream for them that didn't exist before. I mean, that, the whole point with those 400,000 creators that I mentioned earlier was that basically none of them were actually using commercial music. And the industry would look at it going, well, people do upload our songs onto YouTube and we claim those videos and then we get the revenue from it. But no one who's actually a big creator, no one who's actually doing these videos that get millions of views no one like that is actually doing it because they know that they'll lose everything on the video if they do so there's this whole untapped market this whole opportunity for proper licensing at a fair price that it just wasn't there these people were banging on the door going we want to use these songs in these videos and the, the ability to do it it literally didn't exist and now it exists and everyone gets paid we pay out to the labels, we pay out to the publishers, we, we get all the permissions to put all the songs on. So effectively, it's just opening up a new market that literally didn't exist before. 
Look, you're a digital leader. When you go and talk to your peers or you go maybe to, to conferences or events or you're, you're tuning into podcasts, what questions have you got? What, what kind of, and this can be, you know, broader obviously than, than just licks. What, what are the questions that echo around in your head that you think that you think you need the answers to at the moment? Well, I mean, of course, the big, big thing at the moment, uh, as I'm sure we all know, I mean, it's uh, the impact of AI, isn't it? You know, what are we going to do next? We started doing a few things at Lit to streamline some processes to work out recognizing what's going on in a video of ourselves. But what does it really mean? We've been through a couple of years of things being you know, really hyped. Obviously, everyone remembers the big blockchain event last year and uh, <laughs> the fact that it's not really had that much impact. But what's AI going to do? Where should we be using it? All these products and services that are launching now, what are we going to be using next year, in five years, in 10 years? And how's it going to impact what we do? Look, Alex, it's been a pleasure to speak to you today, uh, especially given dragged you inside on a, on a warm day. I know it looks quite fierce outside there, but it's also quite warm inside. So uh, go and enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon. And thank you for, for, for coming and talking to us on the podcast. No problem at all. Thanks for having me.